One of our recent popes, I don't currently recall whether it was Pope St. John Paul II or Pope Benedict XVI, but one of them described the Beatitudes that we heard in today's gospel as the self-portrait that Jesus paints of himself. That if you want to imagine what Jesus was like, just look at the Beatitudes. That is one place where we can look and see that is Jesus in a nutshell. But do you know where else we can look to to see what Jesus looks like? The faces of all the saints all across the centuries. Every single saint is a different aspect of God's glory, amplified and made so beautiful, made so that we can see it. A saint is one who has so participated in Christ's life and in his mission that they actually manifest Christ to the world. And that's the call of every single one of us here. Right? We weren't called into this mediocre life of just saying, yeah, I guess I was born, I was baptized, I'm not the worst, I'm not the best, whatever, I'm just trying to survive. No, we weren't called to just survive, to just exist, we were called to thrive, to live, to be saints. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, We have our connection to the Lord in prayer. The more time we spend with Him, the more we become like Him. Right? You become like those people that you spend the most time with. But then you also spend time with the communion of the saints. You realize that every time that you connect to God in prayer, you're connecting to the whole communion of saints. That it is not this... Uh, Jesus and the imitation of Christ is not this cookie cutter that, that takes away any uniqueness to you. But instead, in imitating Christ, you see all of the different aspects of who God is in the various reflections of all the saints that have ever lived. And you remember, whew, weird little me, I can be a saint too. In all of my unique little quirks, God can work through that. But even with all of this variety and all of the different uh, saints that have ever lived, There is this common thread. They are all imitations of the one Christ. And so as we strive to be imitations of that same Christ, to participate in his life and mission, we turn to his self-portrait. And we ask ourselves, does that describe me? If it doesn't, by the grace of God, can it? Can I let it describe me more and more, be a more accurate description of me? And so we read, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We think of those who embraced poverty in a radical way, like St. Francis of Assisi, as a reflection of this beatitude. But it's much more than just not having stuff. It's not having that poisonous attachment to stuff in our heart. Because I can be, I can lack poverty in spirit, even if I have less than $10 in my name. If I am greedily attached to those $8, and, and I love them more than I love God, and more than I love other people, more than I love my eternal salvation, I'm not poor in spirit, even if I might be poor materially. And so it's not just about how much you have. But it's about whether you have that freedom in your spirit to say, whether it's a penny or a million dollars, it's all God's. And it's his to dispose of. But of course, that poverty of spirit goes to spiritual goods too. 
Do we cling to our reputation, other people's affection, attention, our relationships? Or are we poor when it comes to that too? To where we're able to say to God, this is yours, do with it as you please. Because when we cease clinging to the so-called riches of this world, we end up inheriting what? The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Here at the most basic level, when we mourn having lost someone that we loved, or when we mourn those seasons of our life that have now forever passed, those friendships that will no longer be, the Lord comforts us in that. He is one who knows every emotion that stirs within our hearts. But there's also another sort of mourning, and that is we're invited to mourn for our sins. For every time that we have killed off our connection to the Lord, every time that we have distanced ourselves from the one who loves us most, we're actually called to mourn that death more than we mourn the death of a loved one. We're invited to mourn, to repent, and then be comforted by the Lord's forgiveness. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Here, it's beautiful, because the most powerful man that ever lived described himself as meek and humble of heart. The meek one is the one who knows their power and so doesn't have to flaunt it, doesn't have to just bulldoze over the other people in their lives because of their insecurities, but instead knows, you know what? Even if nobody recognizes this power that I have in Christ Jesus, it's okay. I don't need them to. I know it's there. Meekness unlocks that certain freedom from insecurities from that nervousness of making sure that everybody knows how important you are. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Here I can ask myself, do I desire holiness as much as I desire food and water? And here, remember the last time that you were truly hungry, that 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 was the only thing that you can think about was just how much you wanted food. Or when you had such a thirst that, that you would do almost anything just to have that thirst quenched. Where all of your thoughts, all of your energy only went to that. That's how the saints were for communion with God. That's how we're invited to yearn for the Lord. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Every single saint to the last one, has had that characteristic of receiving the Lord's mercy and then giving it freely. And that might be what blocks many of us. We will give it freely to everybody but this one person because, Father, you don't know how much they hurt me. No, mercy is extended there too. That doesn't mean we return to a situation of abuse or anything like that, but it does mean that in our hearts we choose to love even though our memories and the pain might be inclining us toward hate. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Here we can ask ourselves, the saints, they were able to see God everywhere, at work, at every moment, in the face of every single person. If I struggle with that, could it be because it's been a while since I had my heart cleansed in confession? Is it that my judgment and my vision is clouded by the burden of sin that I carry? And how can the Lord clean that heart, restore that vision, so that I can know the joy of seeing Him everywhere? 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Do I make peace or do I just stir the pot? Right, Because very often that's what we like to do is get the, the attention off of ourselves. Right? And so we point out other people's flaws or we look at other people's drama. We always try to shift the attention from our own faults because of our insecurities. And so we end up causing more tension and dissension. But the Lord wants us to be agents of peace. To be those who can reconcile those who would otherwise be estranged. And that starts with us making peace with the Lord, then making peace with those that we've hurt, making peace with those who have hurt us. And then we can extend to making peace among other people. It's what the saints did. It's what we're called to do. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. There, insults, persecutions. Ooh, we hate it. That is sometimes the thing that blocks us from holiness more than anything else because we are so scared that we'll be looked down upon, that we'll be misunderstood, that we might be called hateful, that we might be called anything other than what the world currently adores. And yet, that's the secret. So we weren't made for this world. We were made for that reward which will be great in heaven. We are called to live in that freedom of saying, insult me, persecute me, kill me even if you want. But I have the most precious thing possible. I have my whole family in heaven cheering me on. Heaven outpopulates the earth, at least in importance. At any given moment, even if everybody in the room is looking down on you as the strange religious one, you know that all of heaven is there with you, cheering you on. Your reward is to be with them. And so with courage, let us paint our lives in accord with this self-portrait of Jesus. Let us take on these beatitudes so that they may be the characteristics of how we live. So that we can accept that call that God gave us from the first moment of our existence. That he then amplified in our baptism. That call when he looked at each of us and said, You, I desire you to be a saint.